In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel lesson this morning, Jesus and his disciples were conversing about the temple and how beautiful it was. The disciples saw it as an eternal monument to God. They were impressed with an earthly structure that they were sure would endure forever to speak to future generations of the faith of the people of Israel. As for these things that you see, Jesus said, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. A monument built with human hands will not stand. Ultimately, even the magnificent structure that witnessed to the faith of the people of Israel for centuries would crumble. Part of the message that Jesus wanted to leave with his disciples was that earthly structures may inspire and they may be monuments that remind us of the faith of many generations of people who built them and who worshiped in them. But ultimately, they will not endure. This is probably something that's just as important for us 21st century Episcopalians to remember as well. The beautiful building in which we are privileged to worship is indeed special to us, as it has been to many generations of the faithful before us. And we want to make sure that any improvements that we make to our buildings or our grounds will continue to inspire others and draw them into the church. We want our facilities to speak to future generations of the love of Jesus Christ experienced by the people of St. Luke's Church. And Jesus isn't telling us that we shouldn't have a campus that inspires us and those yet to come. In fact, I'm convinced that we are following God's will when we attempt to build houses of worship that inspire and move us. But at the same time, Jesus warns us that in the end, this will be just a building and it too will crumble and fall. Another reason Jesus told his disciples that the temple would not stand the test of time was so that they would begin to understand that it was going to be quite a long time before he came again. He wanted them to understand that he wasn't coming back in a matter of weeks or months. It would be a very long time, so long that even the temple itself would no longer be standing. Jesus told his followers that a great deal would take place before his second coming. We do not know when Jesus is coming again. People ever since the time of his ascension have been trying to predict exactly when Jesus will come again. We've all heard some of those prophecies. But Jesus didn't want us to be able to figure that out. 
He warned his disciples that there would be people who would attempt to lead them astray. Jesus warned of wars and insurrections, of earthquakes and natural disasters that would destroy all that man can build. He told them that Christians would be persecuted and imprisoned for their faith. But the church, those living in the faith of Jesus Christ, need never fear being destroyed. You will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. What an interesting choice of words. Jesus says that when we are ridiculed, when we are derided or persecuted because of our faith, it is an opportunity for us to testify. But he says, make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You and I don't have to fear for our lives because of our faith as the early Christians did. But many people in the Sudan, in Indonesia, in China, and in many other parts of the world are daily assaulted and killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. These are Christians who understand fully that Jesus has given them an opportunity, an opportunity to witness to their faith in Christ Jesus. They trust that Jesus will give them the words and the wisdom to withstand their attackers. And often they go to their death rejoicing, rejoicing that they are the church, a structure not of human construction, but of divine witness. They are confident in the promises of Jesus to be with them, to comfort them, to sustain them, and finally, to grant them eternal salvation. In Christ, they are a temple that will stand the test of time, a temple that will never crumble. Now, you may think that you and I are not persecuted for our faith, but you would be wrong. In many ways, the persecution that we face in the comfortable lives that we live in this country is even more insidious. The attacks are subtle. The Christian morals and values that we stand for are slowly eroded by attitudes in our society, in the movies, on TV, in books, and by those that slowly convince us that the values that we aspire to as Christians have no place in our modern society. We are told that what we believe is no longer relevant. The opportunities that Jesus gives us to testify, to witness to our faith, are many. 
But I believe that Jesus' admonition not to prepare our defense in advance is just as appropriate for our time as it has been for any other. However, if we do like some do and attempt to force our Christian agenda on a world that is not receptive to hearing it, the result will only be further confrontation and condemnation. I'm not suggesting, though, that we do nothing. I propose instead that we trust Jesus to give us the words and the wisdom in each individual situation so that we may be that temple that will not crumble. It is up to us to be the church in the world. Jesus calls us to witness to those whom we encounter that we refuse to accept the status quo. Unless we testify with our lives to our belief in Jesus Christ, the relevance of the church is further eroded. Each of us must become more concerned with how we live into our calling to be the church in the world. It isn't about how can I change others, but rather how can I change me? How can I change myself? I must decide whether I will allow my values and my faith to be compromised. The battle against the subtle persecution of our time is going to be won in our homes, in our businesses, and in our schools. The battle will be won in my life and in my witness. We overcome the onslaught of persecution when we accept the opportunities that Jesus gives us to witness to his love. And as many of you have heard me say before, we aren't called to pick up a floppy Bible and beat people up for Jesus. Rather, we overcome the persecution when we walk in faith and trust in Jesus to give us the words and the wisdom to testify boldly and lovingly to the relevance of that institution not built with human hands. We overcome that persecution when we are the church, Christ's body in a broken world. Lord Jesus, grant us the compassion, grant us the confidence, grant us the courage, and grant us the wisdom to be your eternal temple, a monument built on love that will never, never crumble. Amen.